Recorded live. Welcome to Evolution Revolution with Dulcinea. It is Thursday, August 14, 2008. Each soul on earth awaits the opportunity to radiate its light, its higher self-essence, to co-create a magnificent experience on earth full of love, joy, light, truth, and wonder. Evolution Revolution is focused on offering the listeners intuitive and balanced information that fosters transformation both personally and globally, ultimately raising the consciousness on planet Earth. I am a metaphysician, clairvoyant, and clairaudient intuitive, writer, public speaker, PR and marketer, personal advisor to visionaries, leader, and spiritual teacher. Please explore more on my website at www.evolutionrevolutionradio.com or you can check out my new blog at www.evolutionrevolutionwithdulcinea.com. Thank you for joining the show this evening, wherever you may be listening. Tonight on Evolution Revolution, I am honored to have an appearance from Alan Arcieri. Alan Arcieri is a renowned spiritual medium, metaphysical teacher, consultant, and author in South Florida. His ability to communicate with spirit brings healing, comfort, and closure to thousands of people worldwide. Alan had his first psychic experience at age 10 that had a profound effect on him and his metaphysical path. Years later, in 1980, his spiritual mentor, Michelle Gelman, introduced him formally to metaphysics and meditation, transforming his life. Alan's teachings and work has evolved from an integrative studies in Hinduism, Buddhism, Judaism, the Kabbalah, and early Christianity. Alan has worked with Hope Hospice and volunteered his mediumship services to survivors of suicide. Mediumship is Alan's calling and mission to bring aid and comfort to humanity. His personal commitment to this work is foremost in his life, and he treats it with the utmost integrity. Based on his deep spiritual insight, he answers many questions people ask during his readings and seminars in his fantastic new book, Earth School 101, Who We Are, Where We Are, and Why We Are Here. This self-empowering book is a collection of profound life-enhancing knowledge and wisdom that he has acquired as a medium and spiritual seeker over the last 28 years. Welcome, Alan. Thank you for joining me on Evolution Revolution this evening. Thank you for having me. It's such an honor. I'm honored. Tell me about your most memorable moment writing and creating the book, Earth School 101, Who We Are who we are, where we are, and why we are here. You know, uh, when you ask, first asked me that question, and I said, wow, what is that? What is the answer to that? You know, but I will say this, that if it boils down to that, it's my first psychic experiences. Revisiting them as a young boy uh, were the most enjoyable part of writing the book because everything that I've experienced came from or was born out of those experiences uh, way, way back, a long time ago. And uh, it took me 28 years to compile all the information that I accumulated while on the spiritual path. And uh, But it was very, very difficult to keep it simple because I, I kept writing things that started to go off into Earth School 202, and Earth School 303. <laughs> so I had to keep revisiting and say, nope, keep it simple, keep it simple. And uh, yeah. and uh, then came uh, what came first, the chicken or the egg? You know, do I, what do I talk about first? What do I talk about later? You know, and, and laying out the whole thing in a very orderly fashion. But I would say the most enjoyable part was my first experiences as a child. Um, with you want to hear what it was? Yes, I was going to ask. That was my next question: Is why don't you share that first clear experience when you knew someone bigger than you in the spirit world was listening? Okay, uh, when I was around ten years old, twelve years old, um, I was. Uh, uh, my mother took my me and the family, my brother and sister, down to uh, the beach one day, and it was a little cloudy day. It was a 
not a real beach day, so it was really kind of empty at the beach. But it was a great day just to breathe in some of the sea air and get some, you know, exercise. So we were driving down. As we were driving down to the beach, I had visions as a young boy of finding a gold doubloon from Davy Jones' locker washed up on the beach. You know, I was a had a vivid imagination back then. And <laughs> I, I was convinced there was a sunken pirate uh, ship right off the shore of Long Island where I grew up. And uh, so all the way down to the beach, and it was probably about a 45-minute ride, maybe a little bit longer, I kept saying prayers over and over and over again. I was uh, born and raised Catholic, so it was a stream of Hail Marys and Our Fathers, one after the other, praying to God that I'd find this gold coin. So we get to the beach, and it's fairly vacant. Uh, we help my mother set out the uh, beach blanket, and I take off for the shoreline, which is also pretty vacant. And I'm walking down the shoreline, looking for this coin, and I'm saying my prayers, and I'm saying the prayers, and I'm looking for the coin. Then after a while, I got lost in the prayers, and I forgot about the coin. And the weather, the wind started to pick up, and I remember the waves were crashing on shore uh, down on the south shore of Long Island. And I stopped, and I looked over the horizon, and the wind's blowing, and this one wave caught my attention off to my right about 25 feet and I watched this wave come crashing to shore and out of the wave comes this tiny black object rolling out of the wave and it comes rolling out of the crashing wave right down the hard wet flat sand and it comes rolling 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 right down and lands right in between my two bare feet and I look down, I pick it up, and it's a coin. It's an old English coin. And on one side, it was tarnished, pitch black, like it's been in the water for many years. And on the other side, it was shiny silver, like it's only been in the water for a short time. And I looked up to heaven. I was just absolutely amazed. Not so much that I found the coin, but that someone was listening. And I screamed up to heaven, thank you, thank you, thank you, as loud as I could. And I, and I picked up the coin, and I was just so thrilled that someone was listening. And I ran up to my mother, explaining to her about the coin, and she really wasn't really quite getting it. But I never forgot that day. I never forgot that day, because that coin, that half-tarnished, half-shiny shiny silver coin, came to represent the dark side and the light side of life to me. And whenever I started to doubt the existence of God, as I grew up and I went through my teenage years, and I would remember that coin, and I'd say, no, I know someone's listening. I know I'm not alone, and I know that I'm being watched over. And that's what actually started me on the spiritual path. And I went through a lot of problems as I went, got into my early adulthood because I was wide open. I didn't realize I was a medium and I'm picking up all this information. Uh, it created information overload for me. So I, I was created a lot of stress and anxiety. So I turned to uh, alcohol and drugs to wash it over and that only added to it. So uh, it was after I met my spiritual mentor, Michelle Gelman, what did she show me, teach me about meditation and metaphysics, you know, and, you know, then I went, I was sober and clean and uh, started me on the spiritual path. Now, that was 28 years ago. And I turned to her and I said to her, I said, Michelle, why did it take me so long? Why did I have to go through all of that darkness before I met you? And she turned to me and said, Alan, how can you help someone in the dark if you don't know the dark yourself? And at that point then, I, I knew I was square with all of my past. And um, so I today teach, and I deal with a lot of people with drug and alcohol problems along with being a medium. Wow. So we're talking with Alan Arcieri, author of Earth School 101, who we are, where we are, and why we are here. It's very much of a spiritual manual 
that helps individuals to develop their higher self and to express that meaningfully on earth. And I think you did an amazing job in this book to really bring forth really simple concepts because we know spirit is simple. It's our minds that complicate it. And you did a fantastic job of bringing those simple concepts with power to allow others to embrace them and, and digest them and manifest them in their own life in a new way. So you've brought forth a tool that can really shift this pivotal time in humanity's script, and I want to commend you for that. Thank you. It was, you know, it was, uh, uh, it was of the utmost essence that the book came out now, although it did take me three years to write, and I rewrote it 15 times just to get it so it is uh, simple yet easy to understand. These, uh, and I want yes, properties. yes, and I want all authors out there to hear that. Anybody who's writing a book, be patient, have take time, hear that. Fifteen rewrites. That's a lot of authors yeah. will go. Oh, I have to write it again. There, yeah. There's a there's a reward to really bringing the information with its most optimal power and the healing frequencies, which this book radiates healing frequency. As I read through it, it's. For me, coming from also a spiritual background, it really helps summarize almost every other book that I had read, but in one book. Exactly, and that brings a good point up. I've read so many wonderful books, great books that were so hard to read, that I, by the time I finished them, I said, wow, what a fabulous book and what a wonderful message. But I know so many people who wouldn't have made it past the first chapter. And I, and I did want to write that book. I said I want to write the essence of that book and so that nobody will want to put it down. So everybody will be privy to this information. So what I did was I kept honing it simpler and simpler. It was, it's like a meat and potatoes book, uh, nuts and bolts. It's just real simple, easy, no $10 words, no dictionary needed. Uh, you know, and, it, and I even made the letters larger so your eyes won't strain reading it. Yes. You know, so I didn't, I didn't want to read it, write a difficult book. I wanted to write a powerful book, very simply, and I and I achieved it with this book, but it was not easy to do. So, so as a as a spiritual medium, what do you offer, and what's the practical value for others to gain from your mediumship? I know you've mentioned a few, um, such as you know transitioning and coping with alcohol and drug usage sure, on Earth. Sure. Well, actually, I'm a teacher first, and then I'm a medium. Okay. Mm. So my main mission here is to teach, is to help people remember what they forgot when they were born, to remember their, reclaim their divinity, which was taken away from us uh, years ago, okay, to reclaim our divinity and to, uh, in order for us to live rich and meaningful lives. And um, so what I did was I had to, uh, you know, and again, I'm, I was born and raised Catholic. I know what they taught us. I know what they taught me. I was an altar boy. I was raised by nuns and priests. I know what they taught me, and I know what they didn't teach me. And later on, after I left the Catholic faith and explored all these other religious traditions, I found out what they didn't tell me. And then I found out that they knew, and they withheld information. So then I got angry and uh, said, well, that's not fair. Why would you do that? And the reason why is because it's self-empowering. And organized religion, for the most part here in the West, is not interested in self-empowering people. It's interested in controlling people. They say, get in the back seat, fill up the collection plate, and we'll drive you to heaven. This book is about getting you into the driver's seat and you taking yourself there. You don't need the toll collectors. But I'm not saying religion is bad. I'm just saying it's limiting. I think that's a really good point, and I and I and I also was raised Catholic. So when I was reading the book, and I got to the part that was titled "Religious Rehab," I thought it was just fantastic. I mean, that is such a great analogy, because it's true. It's not that religion is um, not needed. I think that many people in their own evolutionary path do need religion. However, I do think that people who have a stronger sense of self-identity or want a greater sense of oneness, of understanding from within versus from without, need to go and evolve beyond the religion. And this book offers those tools to look within and find that you are your own best master, you are your own best teacher, and you are your own best healer. Exactly. 
you know, because we are creators, you know, and because we are one with God, and God's a creator, we're created from God, therefore we are God, learning to be God here on, in this physical universe. Um, it also talks about um, uh, understanding new ways to understand God, moving away from the external vision of a man on a cloud that we were brought up with into an internal understanding of a male and a female, a father and a mother creator that's within us all and exists in everything that is. And, and the fact that we don't have to die to meet God. Okay, we can meet God every second of every day because God is everything everywhere and omnipresent. Um, the other thing that I wrote about was the uh, about reincarnation, karma, and the fact that we come back over and over and over again in order to learn many lessons about three main themes. One is love. Not just the joy and pleasure of love, but the pain of love as well, because love is a diamond with many facets. The second reason why we're here is to, for forgiveness. And the very first person we need to forgive is ourselves. And the third main reason is to overcome fear. We can't learn all those lessons in one lifetime. It takes many lifetimes to learn those lessons. Very, very true. So with working with Thomas, your spirit guide, yes. and he reveals himself to you during meditation. Yeah. As you work as you work with your clients and with your experience as a teacher, right. do you find that many spirit guides reveal themselves during meditation or is there a way that you would recommend people to connect with their spirit guides if that's what they're seeking? Well, I'll tell you, you know, um, that's the way I connected with mine and the very foundation to all spiritual growth and development is through meditation. Okay, it, it's just the very foundation of it. And so it's through meditation, that's where the doorway is to the other side, to the upper realms, to higher levels of consciousness, to unity consciousness. And it's in that space that you're most able to tune into your spirit guides and guardian angels too. And... Um, and even if you don't know who they are, you know, talk to them anyway, because <laughs> they hear you, and they're your invisible best friend. We all have a master guide, and then we have secondary guides. The master guide is with us from birth to death. The secondary guides come and go as our needs change from a 5-year-old to a 30-year-old to an 80-year-old. So they're, they're called secondary guides. I think it's a, a really important point that you bring out that meditation is really the key, the fundamental key to all spiritual development and growth. And in the book, Earth School 101, you did reiterate meditation is the foundation of all spiritual growth and development. And you gave a very lengthy list, and I'll just mention a few. It boosts our intelligence, it tr intelligence, it transforms our state of mind, helps us become self-empowered, which this whole book is centered around, but meditation is the mechanism for that. It helps us see the bigger picture. It transforms our state of being, promotes healing physically, mentally, and spiritually, among many others. So I think it's important to really, really focus upon meditation. And, and how do you recommend people really bring meditation into their space? Is there one way that you really recommend leading people there and then let them lead themselves or? Well, you know, I'll tell you, if you, could, if you have somebody who can teach you to do it, that'd be great. Uh, but what I do, what I use as a tool, because that's not always possible, are guided meditation CDs. And the ones that I think are, are some of the very best are by Kelly Howell. And Kelly Howell's on uh, BrainSync. That's the name of her uh, website. And if you go there, or just Google Kelly Howell. She's on your website as well? Oh, yeah, she's on my website. Yeah, go to let's my send, website. Let's send them, let's send them to your website. I, I forgot I had her there, yeah. Yeah, go to my website. It's the alanarcieri.com, and that's Alan, A-L-A-N, and the last name is A-R-C-I-E-R-I.com. And it's all one word, no spaces. And, and they'll... Is that under the guided meditation? Exactly. You'll see it right there on the home page, guided meditation. And then if you go there, you'll see a list of about eight of her very best 
guided meditation CD. She has pr probably about 40 of them. But the ones that I have listed are the ones that I highly recommend uh, using uh, first. And uh, Great. She'll, she'll hold you by the hand and take you to those, to the, these really special places within and get you into a, a place that you'll eventually be able to find your own path to. Wonderful. So anybody out there listening who's just starting to meditate or considering meditation, a really good way to connect would be to go to www.alanarcieri.com under Guided Meditations, and there are some great CDs he recommends. And I also think that, as you said, it's just really about getting still and looking within and allowing the energy to flow. I believe in, in the book you had mentioned there is a three-way spirit communication process. And I think that meditation it, it, it interlinks with that process. Yeah, of so course, you, it, it is between you and the and the spirits on the other side, you know. And and the whole idea behind meditation ultimately is to get into the present moment, not to stop thinking, but uh, not resisting thoughts, not you know uh, entertaining them. Let them float in, let them float out. You can delete them if you want. But the whole idea is to get into the present moment what's known as the now, what I call the absolute now. Because in reality, there is no time. In reality, there's only eternity, timelessness. Okay? Everything in the spirit world is actually happening simultaneously. It's far beyond our ability to comprehend as humans, so don't even try to wrap your brain around that one. But by getting into the now here, a place that we very rarely go, because even if we manage to, to let go of yesterday or tomorrow and get into today, we're worried about something we should have done this morning, something we need to do tonight, we're never in the present moment. And through meditation, you make that conscious journey into the present moment, the now. And once you're there, once you get into the now, you pass through a doorway or a threshold to the other side, and you connect with the authentic power of the Creator. And it's there that you start to charge your batteries up, so to speak. It's sort of like resting in God's, in the palms of God's hands, just sleeping and resting right there, all safe, all secure, all snuggled up, not having to, to worry about going, getting old, being sick, running out of money, or any other cares or concerns we have in the world, we just rest there for as long as we can. And then we slowly come out of the meditation, but we take that meditation wherever we go, to the post office, to the grocery store. And whenever we feel ourselves getting out a little anxious and stressed out, get back into the present moment, get back into the now. And after a while, you get really good at that. Do you have any tricks for us? Uh, practice, actually. You know, okay. <laughs> I, I meditate so much that sometimes I have a hard time grounding, you know, yes. uh, actually, because everything is energy, and science knows that everything is energy. And so the solid floor that we're standing on is actually bundles of uh, particles whirling at lightning speed, and your energy and I'm energy, and the spirit world is in a very high vibrational field of energy we can't see the way we can't see radio waves or hear the way we can't hear a dog whistle. It's outside of our range of reception. But when we're in the now, we line up with that energy, okay? And we, and we draw that in. We reach higher levels of consciousness. And that's, where, that's what Jesus did when he became the Christ. That's what Buddha did when he reached enlightenment, okay? You know, all these great teachers, these great masters have come before us to show us the way home. Fortunately, we wind up killing half of them. But yes, they resonated with too much love for our separation exactly. purposes on Earth. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yes. So you know, they came here to show us the way home, and this is the yes. way home. But uh, yes. I, I just, I just, you know, those butterflies that you feel in in your stomach, in the pit of your stomach, that it's like your solar plexus chakra shutting down. Okay. It's just a matter of, that's just a, a signal, a physical signal that your batteries are low. When your ba 
batteries are charged, okay? And we're all like batteries, okay? The world drains us. Our families drain us. You know, everything drains us. But we've got to, it's our responsibility to stay charged. And when our batteries are charged, we don't feel those feelings in the pit of our stomach anymore. And I'll tell you something. If I didn't meditate for a day or two, I'd start feeling them again. And to me, those are alien feelings. I don't, you know, I haven't had them in so long, I can't remember. It's all because of the meditation. Certainly. So meditation is just really the key to finding present moment awareness and really managing our own space, evolving in our process, learning to develop our spirit communication, becoming aware with our guides. There's just so much value in the practice of meditation. Absolutely. You know, we, we, we don't have, we cannot, we don't have to rely on our five senses alone in order to make choices and decisions here. You know, when our batteries are charged, we're able to make better choices and decisions because we have a keen sense of intuition that we can rely on. And not only do we benefit from that, but everyone around us benefits. Now we're the best parent, we're the best child, we're the best adult, we're the best neighbor, the best coworker, the best friend. The whole world benefits when we're at our best. Pretty cool, huh? Very, very cool. It's a win-win. Yeah, it is a win-win situation. I like win-wins. But the other thing is this. School is tough. It's hard by design. You know, one of my favorite sayings is, smooth seas do not make skillful sailors. And that's why we're here, to learn to become skillful sailors. So the problems and obstacles aren't here to stop us. They're here to help us grow. And when we have a large enough challenge confront us, it brings out strengths and abilities that no one ever knew we, we had, okay? So we have to have the right attitude in relation to what's going on here, okay? It's not supposed to be easy. The antagonist in our life, the people who cause us the most stress and anxiety, usually the people closest to us, they're our teachers. They teach us to have courage and strength and wisdom and patience and tolerance and forgiveness and all these things that are easy to say and hard to do. So it's important they play important roles. So very true. And I recall in the book, again, when we, you had mentioned in the um, part, we are born with a life chart. Yes, right. And you had mentioned something to the effect that we have spiritual connections to everyone we meet in this on, um, during our life on Earth, and especially the antagonists. Yep. <laughs> yep. Especially the antagonists, yeah. Um, and I thought immediately, okay, those are the people that want to block me. Why do I encounter them? <laughs> well, they help you to make you strong. You know, they, without their, their resistance, it, everything would come easy, and you really wouldn't get strong. So really, when you have the right attitude, then you realize the roles that they are playing you know, are actually benefiting you uh, uh, in a spiritual way uh, that we actually entirely won't completely understand until we go home but they do play an important role in our uh, spiritual growth and, and development. You know? And I'll tell you something else, too. When we see our loved ones suffering and, 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 and dying, you know, whether it's cancer or whatever it is, before they leave, actually, if bad things didn't happen to good people like that, we would never be able to learn about unconditional love and compassion and patience and sacrifice and charity and forgiveness and all these things that are easy to say and hard to do. So on a higher level, all of these things are happening by design. Not that we're here to suffer, but there's something that we benefit from knowing the cold that makes us appreciate the warmth, from knowing hunger that makes us appreciate having plenty. So there's a divine order behind everything we see here is sense of suffering. And you know these children that you hear about that die of cancer, five, six, seven years old, why would God ever let a poor child die like that. Well, those are actually highly evolved souls who chose that incarnation knowing full well they were going to be here for a short time and leave in that way. But they came here to teach and not to learn. They're called teacher souls. And the eyes are the windows to the soul. And all you've got to do is look into their eyes and you can tell that they're all souls. And have you ever noticed that people with Down syndrome are some of the happiest people on the face of the earth? <laughs> they, too, are teacher souls. They chose that incarnation as well. And you know people who are geniuses have high IQs? They're not necessarily evolved souls. 
They're just smart people. So just because someone has a high IQ doesn't mean they're any more spiritually evolved than someone with Down syndrome. It isn't until we look at life from the other side of the looking glass can we some small way see, understand why bad things happen to good people and why bad people seem to get away with everything. And the main reason for that is because we're only looking at one small piece of a much bigger picture, a fragment of a much bigger picture, one small piece of a 10,000-piece jigsaw puzzle because we come back over and over and over again. So looking at the blocks, I want to look at this for talk about this for a moment. Sure. When some some people on earth hit blocks and they're not able to find a positive attitude or approach or a support system or whatever it may be that they that they would need as an individual to overcome those blocks and the blocks begin to just sink the person. In essence, they just hit rock bottom. They come to a point where they no longer value their life. They may choose to take their life. Yep. At that point, what we would call a suicide, what is going on from a spiritual perspective? And then how do we approach suicide survivors? Okay. Well, um, uh, suicide is never written into our life contract. Okay, never. But when people do commit suicide, they break their life contract and they go home early. And the ones that, uh, that do go home to the light are met by angels or beings of light who take them to a place of separation where they can unpack their bags of unfinished business and chaos and gain composure. Oftentimes they spend time with pets. Animals have a calming effect. After they're centered, they get to go through their life review with their spirit guides. Their spirit guides will come and get them. And they'll go through a life review and they'll get to see the life they would have, they would have had had they not committed suicide and they get to feel the emotional impact that their suicide had on everyone here. And then, after a period of rest, they've got to come back again in their very next lifetime and be faced with the same exact situation all over again. So suicide is actually a waste of time. There is no escape. Now, those that, that's for people that go home. There is no final judgment. There is, there is a life review when we go home. Now, organized religion tells us that people who commit suicide go to hell. That's not what happens at all. What happens is they come from hell. That's why they commit suicide. I just told you what happens when they go home to the light. But some suicides don't go home to the light. They stay here in the astral plane because they're afraid of going home to the light because they're afraid of some final judgment that's going to send them to hell forever. Let me say this. All evil is born of ignorance, okay? All evil is born of ignorance. The more you understand about the spirit world, the more loving and compassionate it becomes, okay? So, so the less you understand, the more it's going to be, they're going to throw the fear and the guilt and the hellfire and damnation at you. So it's in our best interest right now, all of us here, to learn as much about the spirit world as we can so that when we go home, we'll just go home right to the light. Now, the other ones that stay here are ghosts, people that die and go to the other side and go home to the light and come back are spirits. The ones that stay here earthbound are ghosts. And what we've got to do is they need to go home to the light. Right now, from what I understand, there is a lot of people not going home to the light. And uh, the reason for that is I feel they're afraid to go home to some final judgment. That'll never happen. Um, so whenever we encounter someone who has committed suicide uh, that we feel is still here, we need to wrap them in white light, send them love, and tell them to go right home to the light. They could always come back as a spirit later, but they need to go home to the light. Eventually, the spirit guides do come and get them. Okay? You know, it's sort okay. of like they, they don't hang there forever. You know, they are spirit guys. They say, okay, they need to be there for a little while, but eventually they all come and get them. And there's other reasons why people would be ghosts too. So so I just want to reiterate, so people who have committed suicide, some may choose to go to the light and others may choose to remain on earth to be yes. close to their loved ones or, or their jobs or whatever, in fact, they may have felt they left. 
And in in those circumstances, we really want to send them to the light, teach them to the light, and and just tell them that there is no judgment and continue to pray for their soul to receive the fact that there is no judgment. Exactly. And allow it just to allow the light to carry them forth. Exactly right. Exactly right. Very wonderful. You know, suicide is a very um, important topic, and I know it's highly overlooked. It's not a pleasant topic to touch upon, but the youth suicide rate in America is outrageous, and as you know. And I worked in Seattle, Washington, um, a very, very high, high suicide rate among youth. And I just think it's important to touch upon tonight for people who are listening, spiritual teachers, workers, parents, educators, anybody who's out there, just really helping people, picking up on those cues, those signs when people are lost or when they're not present or when they're seeking, really optimizing our social support systems. And like you said, teaching people about spirit so that they know that there is somewhere they can go to find that inner retreat beyond the, the chaos of these, this outer world. Exactly. See, the big problem is this. A lot, and, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this very kindly, but you know, uh, a lot, and I said this earlier, our divinity was taken away from us, okay, by the church. I'm talking about the Christian church, okay? Our divinity was taken away from us. That means all the powers and the abilities and tools that we had were not given to us, okay? And because of that, we think that we're like broken down used cars, when in fact we're highly complex space shuttles, Okay? We have all these powers and abilities and tools, which I write about in my book, that we can use in order to overcome the depression. And uh, you know, these tools that we can use in order to, again, live uh, fulfilling lives and replace the chaos with fulfillment, live rich and meaningful lives by employing our knowledge and wisdom, and and actually engaging with the spirit world in a co-creative way in order to help us move beyond these dark times and and lead us out of the woods. And believe me, I know the woods. I'm not sitting on any golden throne over here, but I would never be doing the work I'm doing this today if I didn't know that place. I go there almost every week I'm there with somebody, you know, in in the deepest, darkest pit of despair that, that you can imagine for one reason or another. And, uh, and honestly, to be honest with you, most of the time it's revolving around the death of a child, either by suicide or, or, or by, you know, any other means, an accident or, you know, cancer or whatever. But health issue. And so what I do is, you know, at, at the end of every day, I surrender all that darkness to God. And I just say, here, take this from me. Oh, it's too much. I can't. It's not mine. I'm giving it to you. I surrender it all to you. So this way, I can get up the next day and start all over again. Yes, with a blank slate. Right, exactly. It's called compassionate detachment. Compassionate detachment. We're speaking with Alan Arcieri, author of Earth School 101. You can find him on the web at www.alanarcieri.com. You can also find that link at www.evolutionrevolutionradio. On Alan's website, I'd like to let you know you can find some great, great information about healing a tremendous amount of quotes, which I'm a great fan of. I'm an author and a writer and a literary. I love the quotes. Um, The articles, be sure to look at his testimonials. There's some great inspirational links, movies, a bio, a blog, some guided meditations, as we had mentioned, with the CDs on there, um, his readings. And he also has some workshops that will be coming up. There, There are some events happening this month in August, some group readings, and a few more radio appearances. So be sure to check out his website to keep up with Alan. So Alan, how does free will play into destiny as a spirit? Destiny and free will. Well, we have destiny. We have actually we come to Earth with a free will and many different destinies. Okay, so we don't come to, uh, to Earth with one destiny. Okay, so destiny and free will are not opposing forces. How can I have a free will if I have a destiny? Well, you have a destiny, but you've got many of them. And depending on how we exercise our free will, will determine that destiny. 
And I'll give you an easy-to-follow example. Imagine that coming to Earth is like going to a multiplex cinema. Each one has a different version of your life. Okay? Each one is a version of your life. Okay? And we go to movie number one. And we sit down in movie number one. It has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And in movie number one, we start drinking when we're 16. By the time we're 18, we've given up all of our power to alcohol. And our, our life is a total mess. And we decide once and for all not to drink anymore. Okay? We give up drinking. But we just move from movie number one into movie number two. In movie number two, you have the same beginning and the same cast of characters. Only now, the, your main characters in movie number one, your drinking buddies are only good players because you're not hanging around with them anymore. And you just changed your destiny. Because you were destined to die in a drunken car wreck at age 19 in the first movie. But you quit drinking at age 18, so you're not going to die in that car wreck. Now you're sober for the first time in years in movie number two. But you feel like crap because you've never exercised or eaten right. So you decide to get your health back. So you join a gym, you start eating right, you start exercising, and you just move from movie number two into movie number three. And you just change your destiny again because you were destined to die of a heart attack at age 25 in movie number two. But you're not going to have that heart attack now because you're eating right and exercising. Now you're strong, you're healthy, but you're broke. You don't have any money because you never got an education. So you decide to go back to school and, get, and learn a trade. So you just move from movie number three into movie number four. And you just change your destiny again. You're not destined to be broke the rest of your life, and so on and so forth. So every time we use our free will in a proactive fashion, we change our destiny. The future is, is, is not etched in stone. It is written in clay. Okay? And de depending on what we do now in the present moment, the choices and decisions we use right now will determine what our destiny will be. So if you want to go see your best friend, go look in the mirror. You want to see your worst enemy, go look in the mirror. It all depends on us. We're not only the actors here at school, we're the writers and the directors as well. Very well put, and I really, really appreciate that explanation. That goes hand in hand with my book. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, so we'll be sure to let everybody know about that as it, as it gets published here. Um, so what is the difference between angels and spirit guides? I think that's a really important point. I think a lot of people don't really know the difference between angels, spirit guides, higher self. Sure. So w what does that look like? Okay. Well, the main thing is the main difference between an angel and a spirit guide is that angels have never incarnated. They do not know what it's like to be human, whereas spirit guides have completed their incarnation. So they know all the problems, all the pitfalls, they know all the emotions, they know all the, the, the drives and the urges and everything that we have to put up with the human vehicle, which we're occupying, because you know that we're not humans having a spiritual experience, we're spirits having a human experience. And uh, so that's what the spirit guides are. Angels, on the other hand, are higher on the spiritual ladder. They're closer to the source, the creator, God, whatever you want to call that the one. And, uh, and they do take on human form. They have been known to do that in order to complete a task. But they do not know uh, what it's like to be human. That's the main difference. Okay. And then the higher self versus spirit guides? The, the, okay. The ego and the higher self? Yes. All right. Okay. Well, we're two people here again. We have our ego and our higher self. We have dual nature. Okay, uh, the, the, the ego wants to receive, and I'm just going to do this in a very uh, easy to understand way, is, is, is only out for itself. The world is centered around the ego. It's around me. It's about me. I want to receive for myself alone. And not only do I want to receive by, by myself alone, I want to take your stuff and make your stuff my stuff. And I don't really care about you as long as I don't get caught or whatever. It's a very thin veneer. It's the ego is the flash and the shine. It's at the shallow end of the pool, let's put it that way, okay? Whereas the higher self, okay, 
knows its true, and that's our true spiritual identity, our higher self, which, by the way, can also be our spirit guide, which is a whole other conversation. I don't want to really get off into that right now, but, but your, 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 uh, the higher self is our true spiritual identity. Okay? It's that part of our spirit that's connected with the source. And what we're trying to do here, and actually our main goal here actually is, to do away with the ego and replace it with the higher self. You know, let's put it this way. Imagine that you're a one-car garage, and either you're going to place your, park your ego in there or you're going to park your higher self in there. You can't park two cars in a one-car garage, okay? So one of them's got to go, and that's going to be the ego, okay? And the ego is always uh, 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 self-centered, and it has a fear base. It's always uh, based around fear, its outlook. You know, afraid of this, afraid of that, afraid of the other thing. Where the ego is all about, not the ego, the higher self is all about unity and love and giving and sharing. Okay? The, the, the ego wants to receive for self alone. The higher self wants to receive to share with everyone. All encompassing. Very well, very well put. That's very important for us to recognize. And I love that one car analogy, that one car garage analogy. You know, my spirit guides have been trying to t- explain this to me, and I think you just did an awesome job. <laughs> so, really thank you. Very- it really made sense there. Nope. Okay, so now let's look at what is the difference between soul and spirit? Okay. Well, okay. All right. The soul is part of the spirit that's able to adhere to the physical body, okay? So the spirit is of a very high vibrational frequency. It's not able to connect with the spirit, connect with the physical body on a subatomic level. The soul is, and the soul is connected to the spirit. So that's when we die, the soul returns home to the spirit. Uh, it's never really away from home because actually we're right in the middle of home right now. You know where the spirit world is? It's all Within. around us. So we're right in the yeah. middle of it. Yeah. <laughs> There's no place it's not. You know, and when we die, we wake up and realize we're home and that we were never away from home to begin with. You know, the only, the big illusion is that we're separate and apart. And that's created by our five senses. But in reality, we are multidimensional beings. Think of this. When you look in the mirror, okay, you're only looking at 1% of who you are. 99% of who you are is invisible spiritual energy occupying that body. When you eat your food, do you have to tell the vitamins and minerals what to do? The proteins and the carbohydrates where to go? (laughs) When you cut your finger, do you have to tell it how to heal? Of course not. It's all handled for us by this highly organized, highly intelligent system of energy and information. That's who we really are. So when we die, we step out of the physical body the way we step out of a broken-down car. Only now, no one can see us or hear us because we're outside of the human range of reception. So to look at, to look at the physical world only and live in the physical world only is to miss out on 99% of what life has to offer because 99.999% of creation is outside of our range of reception. We can't see it and we can't hear it. We can't smell it or taste it, but we're right in the middle of it. So why do we only bring a portion then, known as our soul, of our spiritual energy with us to earth? Okay. In order to create the illusion of separation uh, from the spir- and fragmentation from the spirit world so that we'll be able to use our free will for our uh, spiritual growth and development. Because if we brought all of our spiritual energy down, into our physical body, well, two things would happen. One, we, we would short-circuit every, you know, neuron that we have. It would it just uh-huh. energy. But sure. besides uh-huh. that, besides that, we wouldn't be able to use our free will. You know why? We would know all the right things to do. So it wouldn't be very fun. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. So we bring down a small portion, just enough to create the illusion of separation from our past lives and the spirit world so that we can concentrate on this life, which is actually the sum total of all of our past lives. 
and by the way, it's separated by a veil. There's a veil of forgetfulness placed over our consciousness at birth to create the illusion of separation uh, from the spirit world in our past lives. And some people are born with a very thick blanket. They only see this world, and other people are born with a thinner veil. They can more easily make these connections to the other side, like you and like me. Sure, and and does the level of that veil depend upon just the evolution of that soul? Exactly, the maturity of the soul. That is not something you're given, that's something that you earn, okay? Oh, oh okay. So, so, so it depends on the maturity of the soul. And old souls are not necessarily mature souls. Some souls just don't get it. They keep coming back and not getting it, you know? <laughs> sure. Uh, you know, and young souls may not necessarily be immature souls because some of them take on lines of travail at an early stage and they and they make more progress faster. So, you know, something to Certainly, do. certainly. So we're talking with Alan Arcieri, author of Earth School 101, Who We Are, Where We Are, and Why We Are Here. I wanted to reiterate, you had made three important points as to why we are spiritual beings on Earth. And the right. first was to love. Right. And the second was to forgive. How important is forgiveness in the spirit world? It's huge. Forgiveness is huge. It's all, and you know, actually, forgiveness isn't about freeing the other person. It's about freeing us. You know, because when we die, we can't take anything home with us, only what's inside of us. And it's our job to cut the ties to all the negative baggage that we accumulate here through forgiveness so that we don't drag that stuff home with us because if we do that then we got to come back and deal with it in our next life so it's in our best interest to forgive now learn the lessons we came here to learn and and when we go home this way our, our courses and our tasks are completed and when we come back we don't have to do this class again but it may take 50 lifetimes to learn about you know jealousy and what once you learn it for a lifetime you learn it for all eternity so what we've got to look at right now is the things that we fear and that's where our lessons are. That's where what we is. fear. What we fear, yeah. That makes complete sense. So with forgiveness, how would you recommend, I don't know anybody on earth who doesn't need to forgive somebody, and of course themselves. Sure. So where would we want to start with forgiveness? Well, I mean, we all know Jesus spoke forgiveness, great masters you know, spoke it's forgiveness. It's all about the power of thought and intention. Okay, you don't have to invite this person over for Sunday dinner, you know, um, or anything. It's just, you know, pray for forgiveness. You know, wrap them in white light. Wrap yourself in white light. You understand? And then verbally, you know, and from, you know, it's actually recoding karma too. You know, I, I wrote about that because we talked about reincarnation. Yes. And then we have karma. You know, so a lot of these issues are past life issues that have been re reoccurred in this lifetime. Do you understand? Yes. But, you know, so some of this is not new business. It's old business. You know, so we can recode the karma through forgiveness by, you know, you know, going back to times when we said or did something that we now know from this current level of our spiritual growth and ability was wrong. And then with a sincere feeling of sorrow and regret for having said or done those things, we can recode the karma around it and lighten the karma. Maybe not do away with it, but lighten the karma around it too. And uh, pretty powerful. I think that's really neat. It's the first time I've I've really heard that concept, and it just absolutely resonates with me. It makes so much sense yeah, it does, that that if we forgive, we can shift the karmic energy around the situation. Right, lighten the karmic load around the situation as well. You know, because this is the deal. If if uh, if you just if you're not willing to forgive, you know, then you're gonna you're just drawing this person closer to you or the situation, you know. Until it gets so loud, you have to forgive. Yeah, or well, either that, or you just you, you go home without forgiving, and then have to deal with it in a future lifetime. But that's why we have so many lifetimes. Sure. Know, so. Sure. Wow. So speaking of karma, how do we tap into our life chart? How do we tap, in, tap into our life chart? See, that's not easy. That's not easy to tap into your life chart. No, I think it's quite hard. As a matter of fact, I think you know if you go back to the Akashic records. And look into your, into your book there. You, you know, uh, I think it's very hard to get a glimpse at your your life chart in this incarnation. You, you know, you may not even be able to do that. 
I think that's something that you're going to have to learn along the way. Somebody else can do it for you, though. Sure, sure. Okay, so that's something generally an objective person can see more clearly than ourselves. Right, exactly right. Certainly, right. certainly. I understand that work as a clairvoyant, and I'm sure you do as a medium oh, yeah, as well. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Okay, great. So the last question I want to really touch upon that I think is a very important um, point for all people, particularly for me it seems to be with children, since children are a great passion of mine, the highly evolved indigo children. But how do you recommend people protect themselves from negative energy and their children? Okay. Well, first of all, um, what I do is I always work with the light. Okay, And there is a dark side. Let me put it this way. There is a dark side that needs to be respected but not feared, because all the darkness of the world can't put out the light of a single candle. That's how powerful the light is over the dark, okay? And remember, all evil is ignorance. So the more you understand about the spirit world, the lighter and the brighter and the higher your vibrations rise. You understand? Nothing, yes. nothing negative will want to be around that. And if you want to get rid of the, dark, the darkness, you know what you do? You shine light on it, okay? and it'll all disappear. What I do is, is in my workspace, my office and such, and my home, uh, is I visualize angels standing in all four corners of my house or the office or wherever I'm working, wherever I am facing in. And then I see beams of white light coming from their hearts, all intersecting in the center of the room or the house, and then fill in the house and every corner and every room of the house with that bright white light. Okay? I say a prayer for protection from the Creator. I see this light around me. I, I actually know that I'm never away from the light. Okay? And you know, you say, oh, God, shine your light on me. God doesn't have to shine his light on you. It's always shining on you. Okay? You can <laughs> align yourself with the light. Hello. You know? And then um, another thing that I do is I smudge. Okay? And I keep that. I fan a stage around in, in the rooms, especially in the corners, because energy likes to collect in the corners. So what yes, I see that also. What you want to do is you want to get rid of any stale, dense, any heavy or negative energy that may have accumulated in the house, in the room from past the people that were there, in arguments or whatever the case may be, you know, and you want to always wrap yourself in white light. What I do is when I go outside, I visualize myself in a, um, a ball of one-way mirrors where I can see, it's like a force field, where I can see out, but anything negative that's coming my way gets reflected away from me. Sure. It's, it's sort of like sure. a force field that I, I, I have around me. Plus, I'm always in that beam or, or an egg of white light. I wrap my car in white light. I wrap my family in white light. I mean, everything. that you know, Even people on the other side of the planet that I know. I wrap them in white light. I don't even have to know that I'm doing it. I do it. Sure, sure. So a really powerful tool for just uh, protection is the I, white light. I don't, I don't get bothered if I don't use that. But I will tell okay. you something. If I don't do it, then the ghosts come in and they keep me up. They want to talk to you. Yeah, they do. They talk to me. They grab me. They hold me. I understand. <laughs> That's great. All right. We're speaking with Alan R. Arcieri, author of Earth School 101. Each of us has a unique spiritual destiny on Earth, only to be revealed by the inner self. Only as we seek our hearts and look within can the destiny unveil itself, as it eternally awaits you. Earth is a place to discover the infinite nature of your spiritual being and radiate that inner essence to the world in a way that shines and expresses your individual divine talents to transform humanity in positive and uplifting ways. Next week on August 21st, Debbie Jordan with her realistic revelations to end poverty and build peace on earth in her wonderful book release, The World I Imagine. On August 28th, Michelle Epiphany Prosser will help you get in touch with the divine with a simple and profound approach in her book release, Excuse Me, Your God is Waiting. Michelle offers her teaching about optimizing the law of attraction through the power of prayer. On September 4th, Michael Tamora will offer his divine and wise teachings about learning to validate our true selves and developing inner certainty and certainty in the divinity. He will offer a healing meditation following based upon these valuable topics. Be certain to join us for an unforgettable experience. 
On September 11th, Carol Obley will offer her deeply powerful book that gently reminds us that true love is eternal love. The barrier of physicality is an illusion. In her compelling and true story that richly fills the pages in her latest book release, I'm Still With You, True Stories of Healing Grief Through Spirit Communication. On September 25th, Sarah McLean will appear with her meditative expertise. She is the director of the Sedona Meditation Training Company and inspires seekers to take time out for time in through meditation. She has vast experience, including her work with Deepak Chopra and Gary Zukov. Sarah will take us through an inspirational meditation live. Be sure to join us. On October 2nd, Robert Bruce will offer his thorough look into the astral realms in his rich book release, Astral Dynamics. On October 9th, Dr. Susan Carroll with her enlightening book, Visions from Venus, A Multidimensional Love Story. Susan offers a look into the higher dimensions and how they appear on Earth in times of great transition and transformation through a real-life story. On October 16th, Robert Schwartz will be appearing with his wise and insightful perspective on pre-birth planning, where spirits look at the events and people that one will experience during their human existence through revealing true stories and a strong emphasis on Robert's personal experience in his book release, Courageous Souls, Do We Plan Our Life Challenges Before Birth? On October 30th, Barbara Han Clow will offer a look into the higher realms with her multidimensional expertise and revolutionary concepts from her book release, Alchemy of Nine Dimensions, Decoding the Vertical Axes, crop circles, and the Mayan calendar, and also from her vast array of enlightening teachings to include her great book, The Mayan Code. On November 6th, Chrissy Blaze will appear to discuss her latest astrological book release, Baby Star Signs, who portrays the new children of today as old souls who have come here during the crossroads to shift humanity to enlightenment during its evolutionary development. On on November 13th, Barbara Marks Hubbard, a leading pioneer of conscious evolution, will be appearing with her expansive consciousness in her meaningful book release, Conscious Evolution, Awakening the Power of Our Social Potential. On December 4th, Albert Clayton Golden will be here with his authentic perspective in his re-release by Simon & Schuster, You're Not Who You Think You Are, A Breakthrough Guide to Discovering the Authentic You. Albert will bring a new lens to authenticity and expand your horizons. On December 11th, Chrissy Blaze will be reappearing with her latest astrological book release, Superstar Signs, Sun Signs of Celebrities, Heroes, and You. Join us as we delve into the astrological realms and discover our true nature. On December 18th, Jerry Wenstrom will be appearing with his passionate warrior story of transformation during his personal spiritual journey. In his book, The Inspired Heart, An Artist's Journey of Transformation. You can purchase all of our author's books featured on Evolution Revolution at www.amazon.com or you can link up to their websites through the Evolution Revolution homepage at www.evolutionrevolutionradio.com. Please join me in the upcoming weeks on the new revolutionary independent production of Evolution Revolution. Additionally, please explore the Evolution Revolution archive shows that are free 24 hours a day that include amazing talent such as Chrissy and Gary Blaze, Jana Hollingsworth, Marsha Scarborough, Evo Dominguez Jr., Michael Skorowski, Dr. Susan Carroll, Karen Sawyer, Dr. Daniel Condren, Dr. Laurel Clark, Gary Zukoff and Linda Francis, Dr. Adrian Windsor, Neil Donald Walsh, Taylor Wilshire, Dr. Barbara Condren, Jeff Brown, Anna Maria Hemingway, Charles Virtue, Michael Tamora, Marla Martinson, Michael Brown, Richard Blackstone, David Robert Ord, Megan Skinner, Dr. Lisa Love, Jennifer Weigel, Betty Youngs, and myself. Please share Evolution Revolution with others who may desire to join us in the future for an enlightening experience. I'm a metaphysical teacher, healer, and spiritual counselor who offers clairvoyant readings via phone, allowing me to connect with people anywhere. Please visit me on my website at www.dulcineasdivinevision.com under the Clairvoyant Reading page on the website to explore, which includes testimonials from clients, contact information, and my background information. A divine and spiritually enlightening experience awaits you. 
Also, be sure to check out my new blog at www.evolutionrevolutionwithdulcinea.com for weekly postings and guest announcements for Evolution Revolution. Co-create with Evolution Revolution. We are seeking partners to help Evolution Revolution evolve and expand to even more people across the globe. If you are interested in partnering and supporting the rapid development of Evolution Revolution, please explore the Radio Sponsors tab on the website at www.evolutionrevolutionradio.com. I look forward to hearing from you about the infinite possibilities to co-create in the highest light and with the grandest intentions. Thank you for joining Evolution Revolution this evening with my honored guest, Alan Arcieri. Thank you so much, Alan, for appearing with your great wisdom. It was wonderful. I appreciate it, and I look forward to hearing from you and connecting with you here on Evolution Revolution again in the near future. Absolutely. Great. Much gratitude to you for listening and supporting the new and revolutionary independent production of Evolution Revolution Radio. I wish you all abundant peace, joy, miracles, and love today and always. Abundant angel blessings. Good night.